My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. And today's episode is all about how to use Ayurveda to teach to the seasons and plan your classes with Ayurveda. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that the Mindful New Year Retreat is just around the corner outside of Austin, Texas. You can join us online and do the online training, or you can come for the full three-day weekend or just for the one day. Depending on when you listen, this might be already full, so check mindfulnewyear.com or it might have already passed, but you can join the waiting list for next year's retreat and online course to plan the whole year your life, your teaching, your practices based on Ayurveda, Vedic astrology, and yoga. So today's episode actually has another free guide. I love creating these free guides for you because they're the things that I wish existed when I was maybe uh, starting out my teaching, starting out my practice, knowing there was so much more depth to yoga, but not really knowing what or where to look. So in this free guide, I explain real clear and succinct what is Ayurveda, what are the doshas, and then how you can apply it to planning your year of teaching. So I'm going to walk you through that a little bit. If you don't have it, if you don't download it right now, you can just listen to this. But you can go to quietmind.yoga slash 14 plan, the number 14 P-L-A-N. quietmind.yoga slash 14 plan. The link will also be in the show notes. So you can get it there, and then you can download this free four-page PDF that explains the core teachings of Ayurveda, what the three doshas are, and how they manifest, and then how to plan your teaching based on the doshas and the seasons. So big overview, big picture, what is Ayurveda? Ayur is life. Veda is wisdom. So you've probably heard me mention the Vedas many times throughout my podcasts because the Vedas are the core teachings of yoga, Ayurveda, and Vedic astrology, or Jyotish, uh, which comes from the Vedas as well. So all this stuff comes from these four massive texts that are full of hymns and like little sort of succinct phrases and teachings about what life is, why we're here, the meaning of life, really immense body of work and Ayurveda a lot of the concepts come from there and then there's uh, several texts that are specific to Ayurveda like the Charaka Samhita there's there's several Samhitas the Samhita is like a collection of wisdom and I quote that in the uh, the PDF download the free download for this episode and I'll share that quote here so it talks about how Vata, Pitta and Kapha in normal state, endow the person with unaffected sense organs, strength, happiness, a long lifespan, and virtue. Wealth and enjoyment pursued properly endow the person with great well-being here and in the world hereafter. And that's from the Charaka Samhita. It's one of these old uh, source texts of Ayurveda. So Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. I'll get to that in a moment. But again, Ayurveda is about the science of life. So it's about life extension, health. It's the oldest medical system in the world. It actually predates traditional Chinese medicine. And there's a lot of things in Chinese medicine that seem to have come from Ayurveda. It's there's sort of a melting pot sort of thing, but a lot of uh, belief is that the uh, traditional Chinese medicine took some concepts from Ayurveda and of course had many of its own brilliant concepts. And basically Ayurveda works with the elements. So it's about understanding 
If you know, if you're familiar with Samkhya philosophy, the spirit and matter, and that all dances and moves and interchanges between spirit and matter, Prakriti and Purusha, eventually comes down to create form, and that's where we get the elements of, in Ayurveda, the elements of earth, air, water, fire, and ether. And then we see the manifest, manifestation of the elements by observing the gunas, the qualities of life. Qualities such as hot and cold, bitter and sweet, sharp and soft. From a yoga perspective, we know of stira and sukha. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, that's really the main thing I teach, stira and sukha. And you could say purusha and prakriti also are a form of stira and sukha. And all of these elements, even though there's five elements and three doshas, it's all just about balancing of these opposites, as you see when we get into this. So those, those elements, the five elements, are distilled down to the three doshas. And dosha actually means like fault. So to have a dosha is sort of an imbalance. And that's okay. We all have a predominant dosha or quality. And if you've never done a dosha test before, as I just go through this, you might sense a little bit of rec self-recognition just hearing what these are. So there's vata, pitta, and kapha. Vata dosha is dry, cold, light, moving. All movement in the body is due to vata. Pain is a characteristic of vata. It's like a sort of changing, moving thing. Disease is, uh, some of the diseases connected to vata are uh, dry skin, gas, bloating, uh, anxiety, fear, worry. And vata, it means wind, essentially. So it's like the, the wind imbalance. Uh, so somebody who is a vata type will likely have like angular joints uh, that you'll see their their joints kind of noticeably on their frame. They're more likely to be a endomorph, somebody who has a hard time gaining weight. They tend to be more thin and more flexible. Pitta dosha, it's pitta is that which cooks, the, the imbalance of pitta or dosha of pitta. It represents metabolism, it's heat moistness, liquidity, sharpness, oiliness, more oily than liquid, right? Uh, sour, its main quality is heat. And it, it brings, it's like the bile and digestion, right? So it's like that oily, sharp cooking quality within us. Excessive pitta is, you'll see anger, rashes, body heat, burning sensations, redness, red skin, things like this. Kappa dosha, it's K-A-P-H, the way one of my main teachers says is kappa, not kappa. So that, that f sound is more of an English, uh, so kappa. But I'll usually say kappa, but you'll hear kappa as well. That's the water element, characterized by dry heaviness. It's also earth, earth and water. Uh, coldness, uh, softness, slowness, darkness. It's the carrier of nutrients, or ojas in Ayurveda. It's the nourishing element of the body. All soft organs are made by kapha, and it plays an important role in the perception of taste and nourishment and lubrication of the body. Excessive kapha can make one dull, lazy, apathetic, depressed, retain water, and retain and gain body weight. So you get sort of a big picture, right? So the air and ether elements make up vata dosha, the fire and a little bit of water make up pitta, and then water and earth make up kapha. So with those three doshas in mind, 
knowing the pizza is going to be more like the athletic frame, somebody's more muscular, uh, they can gain or lose weight pretty well. A Cappadocia is going to be a bigger frame. This could be someone who's like extremely muscular. It's more of an ectomorph. They can gain weight easily, like big bodybuilders are Kappa, uh, but also could be obesity and overweight. So the body type of Kappa tends to be bigger, larger bones, uh, taller, these sort of things. So knowing these doshas, knowing the intention of Ayurveda, that there is always going to be a little imbalance, but we can bring more of a sort of harmony of the three doshas. You're, everyone's going to have one or two that's really dominant, and maybe you have all three get more balanced. As you apply Ayurvedic things over time, you tend to see more balance. And I've seen this, and I've seen it with people I've worked with. You can create more harmony, but there is almost always one that's more dominant, and that's your prakriti, your nature that you're born with. And then there's your current state, your vikriti, that changes day to day, moment to moment. So when you're teaching, you want to think about what dosha is dominant this season. And just look at the qualities, look at the pairs of opposites. Is it hot or cold? Is it sharp or soft? Is the temperature, is it more moist outside or more dry? So which dosha is dominant? And then that's the season, but what about today? Is it raining today or sunny today? Which dosha is dominant today? And then look at the style of class you're teaching. Is it a heated yoga class or a yin class? Yin is going to be more kapha. Heated yoga is more pitta, right? Is it more kundalini or meditation? That's more vata. And then which dosha is dominant in the students? Are all your students uh, more of a thinner frame, more athletic frame, or more of a larger frame? And then which dosha do you want to increase in your teaching? So you notice there's the, all these things going on. So which one do you want to increase? And which ones do you want to decrease? Because you're always feeling into, am I going excessive in one of these or deficient in one of these and finding that balance? And then think about what poses will help do that. What meditations of pranayama will help do that? All these questions are in that free guide. Right? So what can my cues, pacing, what can I say to contribute to that? And are there any major seasonal shifts coming up soon? Are we about in the transition of the seasons? In Ayurveda, they say the transition of the seasons where all disease starts. So being aware of that. And then finally, like, how can I support my students to address all of these shifts that are going on? What dosha is dominant today? What seasonal change might be coming up? Right. So there's a vata, pitta, and kapha season. There's a vata, pitta, and kapha time of day. Without getting all into the weeds and all that, just noticing what's dominant now and how can I address that? And then you can think about the big picture overview for the year ahead. So what kind of things might I teach in the Kappa season of January, February, March, April, when the spring is coming and the earth and water elements are dominant? What kind of things might I teach in the Pitta season of the summer? So that's going to be uh, around May, June, July, August. And then what kind of things might I teach differently in the fall season? That's the Vata time. And that's September, October, November, December in general. Right, so I hope this is helpful for you. Again, you can get this free guide at quietmind.yoga slash 14 plan, P-L-A-N. And you can fill out these questions yourself. You can think about the year ahead, look at the calendar. You can think about the weeks, months ahead. And think about the students and the type of classes that you teach and how you can best serve them. All right, so I hope this has been helpful for you. And thank you for listening. And one last thing before I go. 
We're doing that special drawing right now. So if you leave a review for this podcast or either of my other podcasts, Quiet Mind Astrology or Quiet Mind Yoga, you'll be entered to win access to the Mindful New Year online course. All you got to do is leave an honest review. You can enter up to three times by reviewing each podcast. And then I'll, cho- I'll choose a winner on January 10th, the week before the retreat. All right. So thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day.